0: How are you?
1: Doing well, Alan. You're 100% right. The 8-track was an abomination, <laughs> uh, but it was all that we had. And uh, But I'll have to say this: even with the 8-track, the, the rift in that song, More Than a Feeling by Boston, is one of, the, one of the great rock riffs of all time.
0: It totally is, and it instantly puts me in a good mood when he played that. I just started smiling. Uh, it's so good. makes It puts it in a good mood right away. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I was driving down the road while I was on holidays, and... I hear, uh, Raptors have traded Ananobi for a Canadian and I'm like, well, I'm Canadian and I would not trade myself for Ananobi. I hope they got a good one. And they did. But, uh, tell me about RJ Barrett and tell me about Emmanuel quickly and tell me why this trade you like, or don't like it.
1: I really, once in a while, a trade makes perfect sense. It it, it would seem to be making perfect sense for both teams. I think this is one of those situations, uh, Quickly is a, an excellent basketball player and he's he gives a dimension uh, in the backcourt that the Raptors just plain have not had. He's a more creative offensive player than Dennis Schroeder, who uh, is also a very good player and has done well for the Raptors, but quickly gives them a, a kind of a two-headed monster at the one-two spot. Uh, and we saw bits of that in his opening game the other night against Cleveland. R.J. Barrett is is 21 years old, uh, averaging 18.7 for the Knicks. He's a very good basketball player. And what I like about what RJ brings is he brings a a true slasher, true wing slasher to the Raptors. And, again, they really haven't had that. Siakam, who was magnificent the other night, uh, is not really a slasher. He's a more back-to-the-basket guy. Uh, Scotty Barnes can be a slasher, but he's almost a point forward now. So R.J. offers another dimension. Plus, it doesn't hurt that he's from the Toronto area. His dad uh, works with and has worked with, played for and worked with uh, Canada basketball. I mean, it's it's a great hometown story as well. I think the Raptors are, are a much better basketball team now than before the trade. But to give Ananobi his due, he's a very good player too, and he gives the Knicks a defensive presence they don't have. So I really think it's a win-win situation.
0: Is it? Is it for the Raptors, is this um, because they're, I mean, I think they're five games behind the Knicks and they're 13 out. Um, is this a deal that not necessarily surrenders, but, but acknowledges that they weren't going to be a factor as they were going?
1: Well, I, I think partially, but, Maybe the only thing I would say about this, it's too bad this didn't happen two months ago. Right. Because now the Raptors are, you know, they, they have a lot of ground to make up to be in the hunt for any, even a play in spot for the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see how this team gels. I really believe that this team has the opportunity to be much better, to win more games against better teams. And uh, I think we got a, a bit of a taste of it the other night. And having said that, they had a 20-point lead on the Cavaliers, almost gave it up, and came through in the end and won the game. But I think what you saw were different dimensions that the Raptors haven't had before. So uh, I don't think they've given up, but they did need to make a move because where they were going was not – in. It was they were not going in a good direction, Al.
0: It's – you know, the NBA is such a fascinating league to me. And, and you know, we talk about in the NHL, we talk about how difficult it is to make a trade. And in the NBA, it seems like, oh, it's Tuesday. Let's make a big trade. And there's 17 picks from the next century involved. It just, I, I feel like there's a, there's a, the excitement level if you're an NBA fan, you go to work and you're always monitoring the league because something explosive could happen. And they do it all the time. And this would be an example of a, like, we anticipated Ananobi for a long time, and when it hit, everybody was talking about it instantly. The NBA, from a PR point of view, from a point of view of exciting their fans, they're just the best.
1: Yeah, they are. <coughs> they, they, they are. Their, their ability to generate chatter and generate excitement is pretty unique to them. And a lot of it, I think, comes down to, Al, they do a great job of personality uh, personality marketing uh, in the NBA and, and they, you know what, they have an advantage. There's five guys on the court on each team. You can see the facial expressions of all five guys, like, you know, NHL, NFL, CFL. You can't see that, uh, baseball. You've got many more players and many more games. NBA, they just, they just have uh, some of it's by accident, but most of it's by design. They do a great job of marketing their league, their athletes, their teams, and when something like this, as you uh, stated very well, when something like this happens, people pay attention. And, my gosh, the chatter just starts and goes on, and everybody's anticipating what might be next.
0: The, the, the story for me this year, LeBron James sets the record. Uh, LeBron James, LeBron James, uh, he is – for me, he's – like, I, I – in my own mind, I like to wait until a, a career is over to put him, you know, slot him, and we may never be able to because he was a unique player and obviously uh Jordan was as well. But for him to be doing you know, he said earlier and I can't remember when, but he said, I'm trying to give Father Time one loss. And <laughs> I, I just feel like like, you know, we're we're he's such a giant, like physically, and he has been doing this for so long. Um that that you know it's like james brown at a concert he's gone oh that's oh wait a minute he's back i lebron james is like (laughs) unbelievable
1: well he is and the james brown concert that i always think of when you talk about that is the one where the rolling stones didn't want to follow him right they (laughs) refused to go out on stage um like i don't know who's going to follow lebron it's certainly not Wemby, uh in in my opinion i think he's going to be a really good player he's not the next lebron uh i don't know if there is a next lebron right now i I I've kind of come to a a, a sense of uh zen uh, I I'm into the zen zone right now on <laughs> on LeBron and that I I have come to the conclusion he is the greatest player of all time. I don't know how you deny that. Uh but if I had to pick one person to start a team with, I'd still pick Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh and I think but but LeBron at 39 to play at the level and and he states it very well that uh He's trying to give Father Time a loss, just kind of like Tom Brady did, somewhat like Roger Federer. There are certain athletes with modern training, nutrition, uh, the, the, the technology that's available now that, you know, they can extend their careers. But the thing that I think people really have to appreciate about LeBron is his level of compete, his competitiveness and his discipline to keep doing the things he needs to do to stay relevant and not just relevant physically. But be still in the top ten players in the league. I mean, his statistics this year for a for a twenty nine year old are off the charts. Much less for a thirty nine year old. So he's he's definitely challenging uh, father time's axioms. That's for sure.
0: Paul, sir, our guest on Sports fourteen forty in the lowdown with low tide. Uh, one of the one of the things that I've noticed about the NBA um, is that that offense is is king. And often in sports, when that happens, when year after year it seems like there's more offense, uh, I feel like at some level the league needs a Bill Russell. I don't know if he's out there. But do you see this trend where, where even coaches are like, man, we cannot control the game and it, it's, it's chaos and we just try to outlast the other team offensively? Or do you see things that are happening in the league that encourage you that the coaches can rein in a little bit and maybe have some control and, and win consistently? Uh, with things other than you know three pointers.
1: Well, I I, I think that's a great question. First of all, Al, um, but uh, you know the old act, the old saying uh, "defense wins championships." Right now, you'd have you'd be hard pressed in the NBA to say that may apply this year because the numbers are are really off the charts, like historical. Uh, the only time that challenged it was back in the sixties in in terms of of offensive uh, offensive output. Uh, but I think you see teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have Rudy Gobert in the middle, who legitimately changes shots, that when playoffs come and defensive, uh, defenses tighten up and teams are playing each other in multiple games, so you're not preparing for a new team every time you're on the, uh, going on the court, you're preparing for the same opponent in a seven-game series. Defense will make will be more of a factor when playoffs roll around, and that's where I think somebody like Gobert will be a difference maker. Which leads to your point: We're, the, the the small ball uh, fascination came and went pretty quickly, actually, because now you're seeing more and more bigs being drafted into the league. More and more, they're not traditional bigs, but they're you know they're evolved big guys. But they're big guys that can change shots and protect the rim the NBA has kind of made some of this uh, offensive soup themselves because of the way they restrict uh, defensive players for uh, guarding areas as opposed to guarding Manion. And the defensive three seconds uh, rule to me is uh, an abomination of the sport (laughs) anyway, but to take a guy like Gobert and make him stay outside of the key, what it does though, is it does give offensive players an advantage and an opportunity to score more points. So, uh, bit of a roundabout answer to your question. I think you're going to see more and more big players coming in and defenses will get better over time because they have to. Because you can't win 144 to 140 game in game out and expect to, <laughs> to win a championship. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um I, I want your opinion. I have I've, I've uh, I I sort of immersed myself around Christmas in in uh, uh in the NBA. I just have more time and and I pick up things, and I'm curious about them. I'd love your opinion uh, on Chet Holmgren and what he is and what he could be. Well, I I think
1: he's a bit of a surprise because, uh, you know, he's slight of frame, uh, as Wemby is down in San Antonio, but Chet's really skinny. And, you know, he missed his rookie year because of an injury after playing at Gonzaga for a year. And he's from Minnehaha Academy in the Twin Cities, so I I have a lot of connections in the Twin Cities. And uh, so we were aware of him, but I don't think anybody really expected him to come in and be as effective as he is for Oklahoma city. Like if I had to vote today for rookie of the year, I'd vote for him uh, myself because I think he's, he's one of the factors that has been so impressive in Oklahoma city. The biggest factor is uh, Canadian, Gil- Shea Gilgus, uh Alexander, of course, because he's like, uh, he might be the best guard in the NBA, uh, but, uh, but Chet Holmgren's, you know again, he's he does a great job of protecting the rim. he He can stretch it out and step outside and hit the three, but he can also put it on the floor, get to the rim. He's got creativity in his game. So I think he's gonna be a fantastic player. The one thing and this is where the uh, generational comparisons go, say, what would Chet Holmgren done against Bill lambeer? Mm. Uh, no, but, I mean that that would be ugly. like <laughs> he is a player for this generation. I would just put it that way. and for this and for this NBA, He's he's a great, great fit. He's a competitor, uh, and he's done really well, and his beard's a lot better than it was last year, too. So I think he's checking all the boxes.
0: Can we ever call him a power forward? How much would he have to eat before we could do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put power and Chet in the same sentence, but uh, there's going to have to be a major nutritional effort on the off season for that. But, but uh, he's very good.
0: How are you enjoying the college game so far this year? What's been striking to you?
1: Well, I like I, I love the college game. I it, it what I love about the college game. I and and I'll be curious to see what college sports in the U.S. look like in five to ten years with the move to the open transfer portals, the uh, athletes being able to go to school, make money off the NIL opportunities. Like college sports is going through some radical changes. But what I like about the college sport is they've stuck to their guns. They haven't. They haven't. Succumbed and some would say to the detriment of the game to the FIBA rules they're still playing the NCAA rules with the narrow key with the thirty second clock. but uh, when you see how much college basketball and college football mean in the united states it's it's really a special it's really special to watch. As far as who the best teams are this year, it seems like we had last year. There's several teams that look good enough to win it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I follow University of Iowa real closely. I always have since I hail from that state. But especially this year with Edmontonian uh, Ben Cricky playing his last season, transferring from Valparaiso over there and starting for the Hawkeyes and leading them in scoring. So I love watching that. And then, of course, Caitlin Clark is such an electrifying player. And she also happens to play for the University of Iowa and we've really never seen anybody like her in girls' basketball before. So uh, I just yeah love the game, just absolutely love the game, and I think it's just you so uniquely entertaining. Uh, look forward to whenever I can watch it.
0: Paul, sir, I will tell you, in our building, uh, shows line up and arm wrestle about who's going to call you given the day and the time. So we lo- we love you as always, but thank you. Appreciate your time.